The Bible lesson for the morning comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Hear the reading. Jesus came near and spoke to them. I've received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day and to the end of this present age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. How do we regroup for what's next? What is next? Is what's next anything like things were before? How do we cope when we don't know what's going on? It sure was a lot easier before this. I sure do miss meeting, worshiping, and gathering, and fellowshipping in person. If you're like me, these are some of the questions you've asked and probably some of the statements you've made during these unprecedented days of change. In fact, it's been since March 13th, the week of March 13th, that I've physically been in a church building. I've had a lot of time to think about how to deal with what's next. I miss my church family. I miss worshiping in person. It's almost as if my church life, my spiritual life, my faith life without being able to gather has been turned upside down. How do we regroup for what's next? In our Bible lesson for the morning, we find Jesus' 11 disciples. Yes, that's right, 11. Judas is no longer amongst the ranks. These 11 disciples were told distinctively to go and wait at a mountain in Galilee, and Jesus would meet them there. And upon Jesus' arrival, many of those disciples began to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. In other words, they worshiped him in spirit. They worshiped them, him with the proper attitude, an attitude that was worthy of worshiping the one who was dead but yet is alive. They worshiped him in truth. It was authentic. It was heartfelt. And yet, there were some, because of what had just transpired, the crucifixion, the events of that, and the strange tales that were going around about this not happening, some of the disciples hesitated. And Jesus spoke to them at this mountain in Galilee. Galilee was the place where Jesus had met many of his disciples. Galilee was the place where Jesus did most of his work, 
most of his teaching, Galilee was a place that was familiar with the disciples. It was the starting place for ministry for all of them. So Jesus starts at the beginning, the place of comfort, the place where people know, the place of familiarity. It was also not Jerusalem, the place of death, the place of chaos, the place where the world had been turned upside down just a few hours early. Galilee was outside of chaos, outside of death, outside of confusion, uncertainty, disappointment, and depression, and the past. Jesus met his disciples there and regrouped them to start a new mission. Jesus said, now I will send you out because all authority on earth and in heaven has been given to me. And so therefore, I'm sending you out. Now, this is a message that the disciples had heard before. Not too long ago, they've heard Jesus says, I'm going to send you out two by two as wolves, as sheep among wolves. I'm going to send you to Israel do not go outside of Israel, but be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. This was the command that Jesus gave to his disciples earlier in the Gospel of Matthew before the crucifixion and resurrection. And now Jesus is sending the 11. Those had been with him for three and a half years those who had witnessed firsthand his miracles, been part of his teaching, and heard of the good news that he proclaimed. He is sending them out to make disciples. He is sending them out to make followers who follow him, people who will belong to him and people who will do as he does. Go and make disciples, not just of Israel, not just of the place of comfort, not just in the place where you're familiar, but go and make disciples of all nations. We'll start in Galilee, a place that is diverse, that, that has different type of people. And this is what I want you to do, as Jesus says. Make disciples of all nations. And so this is the mandate that Jesus gives to his disciples at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. This is also our mandate as the church. The main thing that we're supposed to be doing, making disciples who make disciples to transform the world. But how do you make a disciple in the midst of a global pandemic? How do you make disciples where we can't worship and fellowship and gather in face, in person, in a building in a way that we used to? How do we make disciples where it is much more convenient to sit at home and watch this message virtually 
in your pajamas? How do you make disciples where it is easier and more convenient to be isolated and to miss community? It seems to me that if we're going to make disciples of all people, we have to follow Jesus's mandate. And perhaps it means that we need to start at the beginning, that we need to regroup. Yes, I'm the first to admit that it is difficult trying to put old wine into new wineskins. We're in a different era, a different time. And I don't know when things are going to be like they used to be, or if things will ever be like they used to be. And so we have to find our Galilee to regroup for what's next. So how are you making disciples? It seems to me that one way we can make disciples is to take the membership vows that all of us said that we would agree to and aspire to when we joined this church. What if we took those membership vows and said that these will be the outcomes of discipleship? In other words, this is what a disciple looks like in our church. And this is how we know that we are making disciples who are now making disciples. So what if we flipped it and said that instead of the membership vows of prayers, presence, gifts, worship, worship, and service, what if these were the outcomes of our discipleship? In fact, let's go a little further and ask ourselves, in this world of COVID-19 where we may not be able to meet in place and we find ourselves that are doing things more virtually and digitally, how are we making disciples in our social media world? How are we influencing people and how are our actions? Are we worshiping God in spirit and truth and our attitudes toward one another of a loving attitude, of a forgiving attitude, of a kind attitude, of an attitude that says we will do no harm? What are our attitudes? And are we doing it authentically? What do our families look like? I know I've had a lot of time to spend at home and to spend with my family. And it's caused me to question fundamental assumptions about what it means to be family and how I balance my work life and my family life. What about you? How are you making disciples? We're called by Jesus to leave where our comfort zones are and to make disciples, teaching them everything that he has taught us. And so sometimes when we teach, we want to focus on knowledge and ideas. And friends, I think that's just part of it. It's also modeling. A disciple of Jesus must not only follow what he says, but they almost always have to do what he says. 
And so there's obedience, there's experience, and we have to follow Jesus. Easier said than done. And so perhaps that is why we need to regroup. Maybe that's what we can be doing in these times where we've got more time on our hands that we're not able to see one another in church to fellowship. Maybe we can reach out to one another just to check on one another, to let people know that, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. Or better yet, what are some of your hopes and dreams that you've discovered? What are the areas that you've been disrupted in in your life? This entire episode started because the disciples' lives were disrupted disrupted by a man named Jesus. Even in this situation, my hope and my prayer is that you will find places to make disciples. And many of you are already doing this through your prayers, through your worship, not only during the church service, but in your cars, during your quiet time, and yeah, if you're like me, in the shower. You're serving people. You're meeting the needs in your community. And for that, I'm grateful, and I praise God for what you're doing. And I encourage you to continue to use your gifts in ways that touch the lives of people who are hurting, who don't have enough, who are the least and the lost and the last. And may you be a witness that your life may show how you follow, how you belong, and how you do what Jesus has commanded each of us to do. Make disciples of all nations. And when it gets tough, Jesus reminds us he will be with us until the end of the age. Thanks be to God. Those who have ears, let them hear.